This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Today's podcast is brought to you by, well, us, Two Guys in a River. Dave and I have just published a new book on fly fishing called The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. The best place to find the book is on Amazon.com. Dave, what's the big idea of the book? The big idea is the subtitle, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists is a fun, quick read. It's, it's an entire book of lists. It's basically practical help to help you catch more fish. And some of the lists include the seven basic facts about mayflies, the seven nagging questions of nymph fishing, three tips when fishing streamers on smaller creeks, and dozens and dozens of other lists. We like to say that the book is like a bag of potato chips. You reach in and grab a handful, and then another, and then another. I don't think you'll put the book down until you've consumed perhaps 4,000 calories, just like the way Dave eats chips. <laughs> You're judging me, and stop judging me for my lack of discipline. <laughs> All right, seriously, order the book from Amazon.com. It makes a great gift for fly fishers, young and old. There's a Hall of Fame baseball player who used to say, it's a great day for a ball game, let's play too. Dave, do you remember who that was? I do not know. It was actually Ernie Banks. Oh, really? But I'll give you a pass because you're a Minnesota Twins fan. I'm That's a St. Right. Louis Cardinals fan, and we live here in Cubs country. Go figure. I am secondarily, I'm a, I'm, I am a Cubs fan. I certainly couldn't be a White Sox fan, given that they're in the same <laughs> division as the Twins. Yeah, so. that's right. That's right. Well, anyway, he used to say, uh, it's a great day for a ball game. Let's play two. And it's true that two is often better than one. It's true in baseball. It's true of a chocolate brownie, at least in some respects. <laughs> Until about 10 minutes yeah, later, yeah, you're feeling sick. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, or you look like there's two of you. <laughs> that happens four years oh, later. Man, no, yeah, after no four kidding. years of two-year brownies. Yeah, that's so true. But it's also true of the fly pattern you choose to use. It's a great day for fly fishing. Let's use two flies. <laughs> yeah, with apologies to Ernie Banks. <laughs> oh, my. Well, today we're going to talk about some of our favorite two-fly combos. And I hope you'll find this information useful the next time you head to your favorite river or stream. Uh, we'll discuss both wet fly combos, dry fly combos, and dry wet fly combos. So the whole idea is instead of using just one fly, uh, you tie on a fly, and then you you tie on a piece of uh, tippet to the uh, you know the bend in the hook, and uh, maybe an eight to twelve inch piece of tippet. Then you tie on a second fly. So you've got two flies that are out there uh, on the water or under the water, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite combos. So, uh, Dave, what do you like to use? I'd like to begin by saying there are actual fly fishers who use three. I was with a guide, uh, used a guide out in Utah several years ago, probably five years ago now as a young kid. He was probably 22 years old, one of the most talented fly fishers I've ever seen. And he, he made his own leaders, and he had, um, through Tippet, I think he was using carbon. Yeah. And, okay. um, and he, made, he, did, he you know, had, a, had a fly at the bottom, and then he stacked one on top mm -hmm. of that, and then another on top of that. It was amazing. 
But yeah. today we're talking only about two-fly combos. Yeah. I have a hard time slinging two flies. Well, and that's the thing. There, there's two problems with using a, a third fly. One is you have to make sure it's legal. It's not always legal in some places. Uh, the other is, yeah, that you're just... Uh, Good luck with that. You're increasing your odds for tangles. Yeah. And, oh my goodness, it would sometimes it would take me forever. It's long enough to tie on the second fly, to tie on the third. Like, oh, oh, my man. word. That would drive me crazy. So the first is the hopper-ant combo. Ah, oh, that's a good one. So if you're fishing grasshoppers, and there's only a window of time to do that, obviously, mm -hmm. in the year, probably, what, mid-July to early August? Right. And it really depends. Sometimes the window is much yeah. shorter right. than not that. not even until August. Yeah, not even. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I, I took this up probably five, six years ago, fishing in Yellowstone National Park, fishing below Tower Fall, and I would throw on a hopper, uh, a place where Steve and I call, that Steve and I call Hopper Run, and then I would drop off a beetle. The way it would hang in the water is just beneath the film. And there were so many times, the water was so clear there that they would, sometimes they'd hit the top fly, which was the grasshopper, but they would surely hit the beetle. Yeah. And it was it was so fabulous because you saw them dart out from the rocks and then yeah. grab that thing. It was just amazing. So oh, yeah. it's one of my favorite combos, especially if, you know during that window of time mm -hmm. that you can fish hoppers. It's the hopper or the ant or the hopper, the beetle, yeah. something like that. That's another terrestrial that sits maybe, what, 12 inches below the hopper? Yeah, something like that. It really depends on the run you're fishing, I would it guess. It does. And that dropper might be floating on the surface. You know, those ant Absolutely. patterns and the beetle patterns are made to do that. But you're right. Sometimes they'll they'll even get waterlogged enough that they're, uh, that they're just slipping into the film, just that first inch or so of, of water. And that's actually really effective. Uh, so in that case, well, in either case, what I do is I always watch my lead fly watch that big hopper and if if it does something funky i mean it's like your strike indicator you know you've got yeah, one on sure. the dropper so yeah. where the the way that run is the, the yellowstone is so swift it pulls the beetle under yeah almost right. immediately uh, yeah it's hard enough mm -hmm. to get that hopper right. to float even with those big hoppers yeah. uh, but it seems to suck that beetle in just beneath the film and man it's just wonderful for catching uh some of those cutthroats up no, there. really is how about you well one of my favorites of all time is uh fishing an elk hair caddis and then dropping an, a caddis emerger pattern uh, off uh, of that and that's worked great for me on the yellowstone river during the mother's day caddis hatch uh, in years when the river's not blown out and sometimes what you find is you you think those uh, fish are, are feeding on the surface, but they're really hitting the emergers, and they come out of the water when they're doing that. That's why you assume that they're that they're feeding off the surface. But what they're really keyed into are the emergers, and so I've used uh, some different patterns. I've I've used a red fox squirrel nymph as a dropper, although I tie that with a bead head. So when I do that, that's going to drop down further. Yeah. Uh, ordinarily, I would just use an unweighted uh, emerger pattern that's only going to uh, just a slip maybe an inch, you know, two inches below the, the surface in that film. And, and again, the key is watch your lead fly if you can see it. <laughs> yeah. There's so many caddis on the water because that's your uh, strike indicator. But I've, I've had days where 
Yeah, maybe three quarters of the trout are on the uh, elk hair caddis on the surface, but I've had other days where three quarters or sometimes even 90% are on that emerger. So that's a nice thing too about fishing two flies. Sometimes you'll have a 50-50 split, uh, but uh, other times uh, you'll you'll figure out in a hurry which which one they're really keyed in on. Sometimes if, if I'm catching 90% consistently on one, uh, especially if it's my lead fly, then I'll just get rid of the dropper. If they're hitting the dropper, though, that lead fly acts as a strike indicator, yeah, so I'll hang sure. on to it. So have you ever used that spruce moth uh, as your top fly? Like when we fished 16 mile, we were fishing fishing for, I mean, it was a hopper day, yeah. but you were using that as a, almost as a strike. Were you fish dropping anything? You know, I didn't. I would have, but you remember, they were just crazy. Uh, <laughs> feeding on the surface so i was like yeah we didn't why, drop why even bother i yeah. mean you knew they were going to hit that but that that would be another great uh, approach really any big dry fly attractor pattern i've, I've done that before with like a, a red humpy or it could be a royal wolf royal coachman family and then something smaller uh it's, it's a good way to go another two fly combo is the woolly bugger and the san juan worm and, and those don't seem to go together well they're really it's not flies intuitive, isn't <laughs> right it? they're not yeah. flies one's a streamer and one's a well imitation of a worm <laughs> yeah but i have used those to great success in the yeah, driftless area i and it, it really i did it because i was so frustrated i go days you know fishing without catching many fish it's not like i never caught a fish but I just I don't I hate just one two fish mm -hmm. days. Yeah, oh I know it. So I started drifting the the woolly bugger and dropping the San Juan worm, and I. So and you're it, fishing it then like a nymph. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm not fishing it like a streamer. Although once I come to the end of the drift, then I'll strip back the the That's woolly bugger. That's the key. You you got me onto this. You know, it's just a nice little yep. technique. It's kind of like you get two things in one. You, get you it, really do. It functions like a nymph almost, but then you get to strip it back. And yep. I've caught fish on both the drift and the strip. So both when it's drifting, yep. and that's on the top streamer on the woolly bugger so and then the san juan of course is just uh i mean i've caught so many fish on the sand. Oh, I, yeah. I would say other than the adams i've probably caught more fish on the san juan i hate to say that yeah almost. it's it's an amazing fly <laughs> but it is an amazing but fly. Th this is a good approach you, you're i give you credit for putting me onto this and i i found it's effective you know the other thing you can do is with the woolly bugger you can use a standard nymph i, I did that i think last time i put on a little red copper john and and that that worked great too and so you i do use a strike indicator with that so yeah strike right. indicator you have the woolly bugger and then you drop off the san juan worm anywhere mm -hmm. from i don't know eight inches to 16 yeah. again everything's dependent on the on the length of mm -hmm. the on the depth of the runs and and uh but it's just a wonderful combo yeah. and if you fish streamers and you feel stuck some days it's a yeah. it's a great it's a great two fly combo and while you could theoretically catch something on the nymph or the San Juan worm when you're stripping it back, I, I haven't had that happen. No, I mean, they, they're, you know, they're going to key in on that woolly bugger because they, they don't expect to see those uh, tiny little nymphs zooming through the water or even a worm. You know, a worm's going to tumble down the current. It's not going to race back up. But, uh, but that's where you, you'll expect to catch them on that woolly bugger. You know, another combo that's worked well for me, and, and I know you've used it too, Dave, in the spring would be an egg pattern. 
and then dropping a little size 18 uh, nymph. And I, I often like a red copper john. Again, I don't think it has to be uh, red, but... Uh, you have the zebra midges you could use. Yeah, right, you could. Black uh, and white zebra midges, right. the brassies. Yeah, even some little pheasant tail, beadhead pheasant tail, or... Or uh, you know even a beadhead prince, but been in a real small uh, size. But you like that red? I do, and I, I don't know if it makes a big difference. We've talked about uh, color before. Uh, trout can see color, but the further down that red gets, it looks gray, and yeah, I, I don't know if it makes a big difference. But I've I've had good success. You know how it is. You find something that works, and you you swear yeah. by it. And yeah, exactly. It's the only thing that works today. <laughs> that's the only thing they were hitting on. <laughs> anyway, that's that's been good. Uh, we've used that in the Madison River for rainbows in the spring. And I was out on the Missouri uh, a few weeks ago and kind of used the the same sort of rig, although uh, we were using a couple of different uh, egg patterns, but uh, and, and they were big, big rainbows, so I wasn't uh, as eager to use a size 18, but, but that's a great combo. Yeah, it sure is. What else, Dave? So another two-fly combo is the stonefly nymph and with an egg pattern, and we used that to great success last fall on the gardener, and it's just a tremendous uh, combination. Uh, obviously, if you don't have stoneflies in your creek or river, you probably shouldn't be using it. But, right. Yeah, uh, like, don't we find that about the Missouri? Yeah, the Missouri, absolutely. Have stoneflies. Right. So. And so, in fact, I asked uh, our friend uh, yeah, Doug, Doug yeah. and he said, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, the way the, there's just not a lot of stoneflies in this river. So, but on the gardener, it's perfect. And so, uh, again, we're drifting that stonefly and then dropping that egg pattern in the fall. Mm -hmm. What's so interesting is when the browns run up uh, the Yellowstone and then go into the Gardner, they're being chased by the cutthroat and the rainbows. Yeah, they're just sitting back behind the, the reds, the spawning beds, and they're waiting for eggs. So we, we caught a number of really nice oh rainbows. I, I, and I remember I caught one nice, like an 18-inch uh, cutthroat. That was beautiful. It was, but I think the, the non-browns were probably like five rainbows and one cutthroat. Yeah, but they you, hit you the caught, egg pattern. You caught more cuts, didn't I you? I had quite a few yeah. cuts. Yeah, that first run, that big run, especially earlier in the morning, mm -hmm. I caught probably four or five within like an hour, hour and a half yeah. that were just cuts. Yep. Uh, it was kind of confusing because I was there for the browns mm -hmm. and caught the cuts, sure. you know. So, yeah, so the stonefly slash egg pattern is a great two-fly combo uh, yeah. depending on where you fish. Maybe the last one we'll talk about. I mean, there's there's endless combinations. These are just some of our favorites. Maybe it'll give you some ideas. This last one is one that we would use if we're we're going into a new area or we're we're fishing somewhere where we're saying, hey, there doesn't seem to be a predominant hatch on. Uh, we would just use a, a larger beadhead prince, maybe a size 14 and then drop a size 18 pheasant tail, or that dropper could be a copper john, or it could be a zebra midge. I think the size is more important than the pattern. In fact, the lead fly could be a pheasant tail. It doesn't have to be a beadhead prince. You could flip those around. The key is that your first one is a little bit larger, and then you're, uh, you're down at about a size 18 just to get something smaller. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Gary made this comment on Dave's piece about seven streamside habits of highly generous fly fishers. This is what Gary wrote. 
He said, too many anglers take themselves too seriously. When confronted with finding someone in my spot, particularly one with his porcupine quills out, <laughs> that's good, or a gun on his hip, uh, another kind of yeah, animal, there you go. I find it better to just move on quietly, wishing her or him tight lines. There's often a great spot upriver. My wife and I often fly fish together, and I'm happier when she catches fish, uh, more fish than, than when I do. We've long ago worked out stream territorial issues <laughs> and hope more others do too. That is awesome. That really that is. That is really awesome. That's good. That's a great attitude to have. That's great. Oh, I like it. I love the stream territorial issues with your I wife. I know. Yes, that's good. Stream. It's like who gets the big screen TV and who yes. gets the small one. That's right. Who gets the remote? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It. So, you know, Dave, you also got some flack in the, I think, in the Facebook comments on that piece for saying that you shouldn't bring your dog with you. I did. I took some heat for that, and there was one person, and I totally respect his position. He's, you know, he kind of taunted me. He said, who are you to say you can't have dogs? And, and of course, I am nobody. <laughs> but, you, I, but you have a dog. You're a dog owner. I mean, well, I've hunted have, with dogs yeah. my entire life. So um, there's a reason they call dogs. There's a category called hunting dogs. There's not a category <laughs> called <laughs> yeah. fishing dogs, right? Have you ever heard yeah. of category? No. <laughs> they don't raise dogs to fish, right? They raise mm-hmm. dogs to hunt. So... The point simply is, it was more of a reporting piece looking back over the history of fly fishing. The general principles that fly fishers right. uh, have about how they treat each other on the river. So so uh, one person on Facebook was pretty adamant that uh, I had no right to say that. And and then there was another fly fisher. Again, I appreciated his, his, his post too. He said, you know, he has a dog and he brings it along. I think the point is, the moment you bring a dog on the water and there are other fly fishers, all of a sudden, there are rules. Kind of yeah. like the mm-hmm. suburbs. Like, don't let the dog poop in your neighbor's yard. And if it does, make sure you pick it up, right? So there are those kinds of rules. And this, I, I mean, I think we all have this mythical, not mythical, it's kind of this uh, emotional view of the outdoors where the dog can run free with you. And that's great as long as there's no other fly fisher. So my position remains of course you can bring your dog. There's nobody telling you that you can't bring your dog. But the moment you bring your dog and there's other fly fishers, then you have a responsibility to make sure that dog does not run through the holes, run right. through the runs, does not go up to them and sniff them. I mean, it becomes it becomes a nuisance. And we all like to think our dogs are so well-behaved. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I've hunted, again, I've hunted my entire life with really good hunting dogs. One of the hunting dogs that we hunt with right now is a black lab who's about 14 years old, and he's starting to get old. But amazing dog. You, you can, At 100 yards, you can whistle him to move left or right just with hand motions and wow. through a whistle. But there are times when that dog is just ornery. And won't do what you're asking it to do. And this is a 14-year-old mature dog. So my point is not that you can't have dogs. Of course you can have dogs. There's no rules unless the, you know, parks, you know, the park says you can't. But but the the idea, again, the point of the piece was it's it's all about generosity Mm -hmm. and thinking about the other. Right. Which is the other fly fisher. And the moment you bring your dog and there are other Mm -hmm. fly fishers, um, you have to think about their needs and yeah. not your needs to have a dog. Yep. That's Absol- my point. Absolutely. Good stuff, Dave. Am I ranting too much? No, no, not at all. Not at you all. Know what, you know what this all triggers from is from an experience actually in Canfield Creek. 
Yeah. Um, right. Several years ago, I was I was fishing, and a, and a fly fisher came down stream. Not only was the fly fisher walking through the runs, but the dog was walking through. In fact, the dog ran through the very run I was fishing. Yeah, and this is a small creek. It's a not very the Missouri small, River. Right, yeah. exactly. The creek is probably, you know, five feet wide at that point. So, and it got me thinking about dogs and the role of dogs in the outdoors and in when it's okay to have your dog run free and when it's not. And I think it's always about who else is on the river and, and, and trying to meet their needs and not just your need to have a dog. Yeah. Well, doggone it. It's out of t- we're out of time. Oh, man. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> we did need some levity because yeah. that kind of went off. Yeah, there. I Sorry know. About that, that. That's right. Just kind of bringing us back to earth. <laughs> well, I think we better be done for yeah, today. Yeah, we should, we should <laughs> shut it down. Yeah. So please tell us about your favorite two fly combinations. Uh, why do you think they work so well? Uh, please go to twoguysinariver.com and comment on this podcast link. Uh, what are your two fa- or what are your favorite two fly combos? Uh, maybe you'll give us an idea and other listeners something that we can use next time we're out on the river. Absolutely. You can find two guys in a river pretty much everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Stitcher, and you can also visit our website two guys in a river. That's where all our episodes are listed and all our articles are listed. We publish a new episode and one new article each week on our website. And we'd also love for you to purchase our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists, Life is Short, Catch More Fish. You can find the book on Amazon.com. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.